Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside Dave. Hello. And uh, the Elite League officially affiliated Mr. Ford. Hello, Mr. Ford, uh, does this mean you can now no longer say anything negative about the Elite League officials or are you restricted on social media as well during the hours of game time? Well, once I get my uh, sort of further information through from the Elite League uh, media manager, I'll let you know what the rules are. Um, But yeah, I am officially um, accredited as media for the Elite League going forward this season. Me and, me and Dave were having this conversation on Friday when you weren't at the game um, uh, because you hadn't been at any of the pre-seasons but we'll talk about that after um, but we were having this conversation about what does that uh, what could this possibly mean first off I think we're, we're kind of a bit in shock that that someone would actually go do you know what yeah that that just real that just yeah let's give them a media pass and let them have access to well, I mean, it's a reflection. <laughs> it's a reflection not only of me but of the podcast as a whole. I mean, let's not. It's not all about John. It's, no, some of it's about Door Fourteen as well. But we have also figured that. Um, I would say it's sorry, in Dave? spite of John. <laughs> we, we did talk about the fact, though, that um, you know, this probably means moving forward when it comes to games, like we just be like, right, John, you, you need to go and do this, and it's always going to be you because you're the one that's affiliated officially. Yep, I'm so, the one who's recognised. It's just yeah. scary. Oh. All these ideas of drinking at games are there. Yeah, no, they're gone. They're out the window. Um, if you haven't listened to our podcast before, our, um, this is a podcast that looks uh, at news and, and goings-ons from all around the world of hockey, uh, be that from the UK, across the pond in the States, Canada, Russia, wherever it takes our fancy. Any news is all any news of hockey is pretty much going to be covered potentially on our podcast. Um, we will come back to your official affiliation um, later, uh, I'm sure. Um, but guys, preseason has started and actually already ended for some teams and the first competitive games of the season are mere days away especially if you are Belfast Giants and Cardiff Devils fans uh, here in the UK um, first off I wanted to start off before we get into our period one of hockey um, and kind of just get your thoughts um, first and foremost about the preseason games um, be that if you've seen them or not or you've just kind of took them in afterwards um, there's been two weekends of preseason across the Elite League be that from uh, Giants taking on European competition the Cardiff Devils took on some local competition in the form of Nottingham Panthers as well as some international um, player uh, international teams this past weekend and then we also have teams like Brayhead and stuff who've taken up um, preseasons this past weekend uh, not Brayhead sorry Glasgow <coughs> Uh, Dundee also had some action this past weekend. Coventry and Nottingham seen some action this past weekend. But let's get your thoughts, um, Dave. Seeing as you've been at the preseason games and you've seen this Belfast Giants team, uh, what's your initial thoughts? Uh, full of speed, um, fairly aggressive. Need to watch it. Make make sure they stay out of the box, um, and they'll be a hard team. Hard team to pin down. Um, and here's hoping it continues that way. They look really, really good. Yeah, I've got to say, um, I think the first weekend, um, I know both you guys missed it, and I think in our group text, um, I was 
chatting back and forth to you guys and i'd said the one thing that stood out was um we were quite uh, impressive on the four check um getting in there finishing our hits just being really aggressive and actually there's a kid in front um of us at one point going is this a pre-season because i think he was even like this is quite aggressive for just being a pre-season games um there was no real holding back um some quality signings um just from a giant's point of view in terms of seeing those games i mean we can i know i've got one standout or one already and i know Dave, you've picked out one too, and we're going to look at that in our star segment. But um, impressive, impressive first two weekends anyway, um, for especially for the Belfast Giants and not seeing them. Um, across the league, or John, sorry, I won't leave you out. I'm sure you've looked at highlights and you've kind of had a look maybe at some of the other teams maybe. Uh, what's your thoughts? Uh, I've watched the Giants highlights uh, of all four preseason games, which I missed. Um, sorry for, uh, you know, getting married and finally getting away on my honeymoon. Uh, but, sure whatever um the the team from the highlights videos look impressive it's tough to gauge anything from pre-season um but they do look like they're full of speed they do look like they are all about sort of four check and hockey which looks quite good um shane owen looks impressive at times at the moment um it's only four games in and they were all preseason games um he did seem to let in a couple of soft shots although i have to say the there was a goal scored in the second game against um who were they playing sorry second the second Herning? set of games yeah, yeah. yeah um the the second gate there was a wrist shot which was fired in on him which was an absolute rocket even in slow motion that you can't see the puck like that's how fast it was it was more than likely one of the fastest wrist shots ever fired at the SSE arena it looked mm. incredible and yeah. Shane knew roughly where it was but just didn't have the speed to catch it um, the glove went up but it just it was gone before he'd reacted so I don't think we can hold that one too much against him I'd like to see him come good but it's a tough challenge to do that straight away going into CHL so it'll be interesting to see how we sort of handle netminding through uh, the next couple of games, which are both CHL games. Yeah, um, we and we will get into the CHL games in our um, first period of hockey because um, I know we've got a lot to talk about in there. But I just wanted to go back to a couple of the other um, games that were played in the preseason there this past weekend. And I think the interesting one that stood out for me, which I thought was quite a uh, quite a funny game i think a lot of people were maybe just looking at it from for for one point of view in terms of the fact that it was a former head coach uh coming back with his team and new head coach of the glasgow clan facing off for the first time and i think a lot of people were like oh pete russell's back in town will we beat his team um which seen a win for both well win in overtime for ehc um on the sunday but saturday seen glasgow uh take the win 3-2 um when sack fitzgerald's first game in charge beat uh, head coach Pete Russell's first game in charge of his new side um, which obviously stand out um, and then obviously then the other teams that we're looking at was uh, the Panthers obviously took on Coventry Blaze in a double header this past weekend for the Aladdin Cup if I'm correct in thinking I think one game was for the Aladdin Cup um, Coventry getting beat for both those games um, uh, you know bit of a, a bit um, there seemed to be a lot of weird social media stuff around that Aladdin Cup where yeah. a tweet went out from the Blaze which said it's been decided that um, tonight's game will be for the Aladdin Cup. And a lot of fans from both sides were like, sorry, what? <laughs> so, okay, um, if you guys say so. 
But, you know, let's not take away from the fact that the Panthers are the first people to lift silverware this season in the form of the Aladdin Well, Cup. no, no, no. Who, who lifted the Into Cup oh. first? Would that have been the clan? Would have been the clan? Who Is won it, overall? Who, who, won, who won the Black Family Trophies? Who won the first Black Family Trophy of the season? It must be... Well, both. Well, saying that, both, both <laughs> won, so it's a win-win so far for yeah. the, the Black family. <laughs> um, Sheffield and non- uh, Sheffield and Cardiff also both took on the same team this past weekend in the form of Mac Ujubuda? I don't know how to say. Mac Budapest? Or, or, I don't know, I wasn't paying I too much know. attention. I can't say the surname. I can't say the second name. I'm not going to even try again. Uh, but that team, that team played uh, against uh, Sheffield and also um, Cardiff this past weekend and seen... Um, I think oh, it was Ishbuda. Ishbuda. Um They took the best of Cardiff um, in that in their game and um, beat uh, were beaten by Sheffield. Um, again, not really much you can really take from preseason games too much. You know, you can't take, you can't go into it too. You know, you can't take too much out of them. But a good good chance for the players to get out, stretch the legs, and for 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 fans to see pretty much what could be um, going ahead. Um, because if we look at preseason, obviously Cardiff have took a bit of a um, a hit in this preseason, even against Nottingham in the and in the week um, previous, um, uh, but again, we'll be moving forward to this week's action in a few minutes. Uh, just before we move on to that period one, um, coming away from the preseason games, um, just as of our last recording was at the end of July, um, in which we talked a bit in brief about uh, some of the player signings and stuff that had happened around that time, um. Any other additional sign-ins um, before we move on? Um, you may not have any, but any additional sign-ins that you were caught your fancy or caught your na- caught your attention um, before we move on to the next part? I thought there was an interesting one uh, between the Blaze and the Flyers. Tim Crowder mm. uh, going heading up to Fife, heading up to Scotland. Um, that was a, an interesting move from the Flyers. Um, they were traditionally non-existent in their social media uh, as usual through the summer uh, fans as usual getting quite worried like where's the team what is the standpoint here um, I'm pretty sure everyone in that rink other than uh, Todd Duyam just must go off for the summer uh, and Todd doesn't have the login for the Twitter because um, nothing came out and then all of a sudden it was this huge slew of signings were announced uh, for the Flyers worryingly to start with it looked like they had just shopped in the Elite League but the last couple of signings, they were the, the ones to get their last couple through. So um, goalie Tony Tammy, uh, Finnish goalie, coming in. Uh, maybe somewhat worryingly coming in from no team into mm. the Flyers. Um, Martin Simpson from the Murrayfield Racers taking the step up, which is interesting to see. That's probably the first sort of product to come out of that new Racers team into the Elite League. Um, and then, sort of strangely, that leads to a move down from Chris Wands, um, another Scottish player who's taken the step back from the Flyers into the Kestrels. Yep. Uh, which is quite interesting to see a move going in that direction. Obviously, someone that um, Dutz thinks needs a little bit more development uh, before he'll start coming back through. Uh, Dave, any standout for you? I just thought it was, uh, I was quickly looking through them there. I've seen it not been massively paying attention we'll start to do that in the next couple of weeks but uh, the one thing that jumped out to me was our Jonathan Furland moving to Cool FM I noticed that as well (laughs) yes I did see that actually (laughs) that makes no sense Um, but yeah no there seems to be a lot more like I see that obviously uh, with Patrick Walker coming to Ronka coming to us there seems to be a lot of people picking up uh, players from Katowice so yeah and Coventry Bay has picked up uh Another one, which I'm not going to try and pronounce. 
um, and a few others in this league this year, which is uh, it's good to see a bit of movement from those higher European teams that were not necessarily the uh, elite league stopping grounds um, in the past, but mm. uh, obviously get the right sort of players now. Yeah, um, a couple of things I suppose jumped out for me were um, first off, like obviously it was a couple of retirements after the last time we talked, um, like Kendall McFall here from the Belfast Giants announcing his retirement, um, but Jake Morissette from the Cardiff Devils then, um, you know, back in August then saying I actually am retiring after this previous season, and then you obviously had the the likes of um, some of those big names that the Giants brought in just towards the end of um, that signing period where, you know, you had the, the likes of uh, Reddick's announced, you had Bobby Farnham announced and, and people went nuts over that. And and then um, only because you mentioned that there, John, um, and you're talking about obviously goaltenders and about the changes in goaltending. Um, obviously, you had the likes of um, the Sheffield Steelers bringing in um, Thomas Duba. Um, and that seemed to be a big name that everyone was like, oh, this is going to be an interesting signing. Uh, but I think it was more interesting in that... Uh, there was a bit of to and fro about uh, young Jackson Whistle. Um, yeah, true. Uh, who tried to, I think, stand his ground and be like, no, I want a number one start. Um, Sheffield basically kind of came out and said, well, we can't give you a number one starter, but we can kind of put you in there as like a number, kind of number one, number two, where it'll be a tandem type thing. You know, you're not going to be guaranteed your space, whatever it was. Um, you know, what are you going to do? And he kind of, Moved away at that point, but then I, I don't think I but don't then, think he was even given a number one, number two. I think he was given a number two. I number think three. he probably was, but then the problem is then Nottingham. Then he, he went to Nottingham and he took up a number two position in Nottingham anyway. So there wasn't real, you know. Again, Jackson Whistle's decision and what he wanted to do. Obviously, after his previous season, he had a bit of a bad season the previous season, and I think there was a lot of here. You know, look, how he would come back, but I'm looking forward to Christmas for my edition of uh, Snakes, Ladders, and Whistles. <laughs> um, but um, so that was an interesting move around, um, and we didn't get talking about that happened obviously after our, our last podcast, guys. If that's it for just on your time, Sheffield. So yeah, with another um international tandem again mm-hmm. obviously the league decided that three netminders is the only way to go at least yeah yeah um because to see how that pans out even in our, in our first preseason games um we dressed all three of our uh netminders and all three of our netminders skating out. it was like oh we have three netminders skating out right now what's going on there because you never see that um but yeah i think you're right a lot of i've seen a lot of the teams have taken in um like a three-man kind of system there um and and Sheffield's just another one of those teams that's doing the same as well. There's not well, not even has been doing I think for a while now since I think their CHL action. I think they've been always bringing in three. Okay, mm-hmm. anything else before we move on? Nope. Nope. Great. Um, then we will get stuck into our period one of hockey. Okay, period one of hockey uh, takes in uh, news from um, around the UK, so local coverage of um, ice hockey and any stories that take our interest. Um, first off, I just want to start off um, with this one um, from uh, our previous podcast. Um, I think I believe John talked about this in one of our previous podcasts, and it was a um, a discussion that was had. It was a um, new uh, English Ice Hockey Association um, was looking to um, amalgamate and kind of start a new governance um system uh that they proposed they proposed the development for a joint up approach between aiha and ihuk um so like a a steering group is going to come together we're going to dissolve that and become this one big massive kind of association of hockey um and the vote was being put to um for this governance steering um the vote was being put forward on um the 17th of august to 
for the potential for this to happen pretty much for the 2020 season um and when that was put to the vote um for anybody who remembers us talking about that um when it's put to the vote there this past um weekend or the weekend before last sorry i should say um it was actually didn't meet the number of votes that it required to be passed therefore it failed in its um bid to become into um action uh, therefore they're looking to maybe re-look at the whole ideas and um see about how they can fix it um, and present that again as another proposal the idea of this was that we kind of amalgamate uh, a number of the different um team uh different leagues not elite league less than elite league as far as i can remember so it was all the different junior leagues and all that kind of thing under one governance area that would kind of then look at the whole of gb kind of hockey as a whole um to try and make it more streamlined and straightforward and that everybody kind of built into the same system um it'd be interesting to see reasons why that hasn't happened um guys any thoughts on that did you have a chance to read any of that information i read through bits and pieces and interestingly i think i put it in the our group chat a few weeks ago um there was a rule resolution came out which i think may have come at the wrong time and kind of put a black mark on all of this um, around the um, playing up of players in certain age groups, being able to step up an age group. Um, and really it was going to restrict a lot of players from being able to play up a year, which when you're at a quality where the ones in your age group are so far behind you, you can't develop. And a lot of uh, current and former British players and even some imports were getting involved in the conversation online saying, this is insane. How how can you develop the next uh, Liam Kirk from this change of the rules in the domestic junior game? Mm. The league, uh, the EIHA had to come out and go, oh, this is the clarity. This is what it's how it's actually going to work. And I don't think they've really got any total buy-in yet to that rule change. That then probably led to some of this and the fact that they only got their 70%, which uh, you need 75% um, approval under company law for that to go ahead because it's essentially a liquidation of one company and the creation of a new company. Uh, So all the uh, investors and all the rest of it, which is basically, I think, the teams and those who've got money involved in the EIHA have to approve that. It's interesting to see that um, some of the resolutions um, more or less passed um, so the resolutions that they've got about the um, movement of the assets from the EIHA to the new unified governing body, that was all approved. Um, the establishment of a governing body transitional board, like that was all approved. It's literally just the the sign on the line that they didn't get. Everything else was done there. Um, now, this doesn't involve, the, as far as I know, the SIHA, the Scottish Ice Hockey Association. That'll be the next stage, is once this English unified governing body is put together that's when the approach will need to be made to Scotland um, and that will bring the entire GB system into sort of one Mm. and link up those two junior programs into one major sort of junior program uh, which is going to be the next step Uh, because I think once they've yeah once they've once they've got through this last little bit they'll get through yeah you forgot about the Irish sorry Dave Uh, John forgot about the Irish I saw the association the Irish okay the one that covers Northern Ireland I can't see them being brought in because they are a separate unified national body. No, but they cover the GB program for Ireland. Really? Yep. Mm. There you go. There you go. You learn something new every day. You do. Um, okay, so that was. Uh, just wanted to touch up on that because obviously we had spoke about that in the previous episode, and we wanted to come back to that and just kind of make a mention of that. Uh, Dave, um, 
I see you've put this in the running order, but I think this is a big thing that we all want to talk about anyway. Um, and that's this uh, the upcoming action this coming yeah. week for both the Belfast Giants and the Cardiff Devils. Yeah, I put a very um, useful sort of high level, you know, five things to know about the uh, CHL, but there was more of a, a talking point. Um, just to have a chat about the CHL coming up. Um, I'll go quickly through some of these points and then we can have a quick run through of what we're going to look forward to in the next couple of days. Um, big thing straight off the bat, three points for a win. So everybody think of that? About time. Three points for a win. Yeah, it seems quite high. So but the, yeah, I think the three news... points for a win, uh, two points for an overtime win. And the overtime. So an overtime win isn't the same as a regulation so there's more pressure on getting actual regulation I think that's the way it should be it, it takes apparently away this whole thing of, of teams playing for draws yeah apparently that's the way a lot of the uh, leagues already do in Europe according to this article yeah um, I had seen it in a few leagues but if they're using it in the CHL it must be a bit more common yeah um, it's, it's interesting I mean yeah and then overtime's no change uh, three on three, we're used to. I'm assuming that means that some of the leagues have a twist. Um, what they're highlighting that. Um, shootouts, best of five, which I think were best of three in the elite league, but I could be wrong. No, I think we're um, I think we're five, and then we reverse the order. Are okay. they going to reverse the order? Yeah, they're going to reverse the order as well. Um, then top two go through. Two top two in the groups go through is what we expect. And this is the other one that I find really interesting. So the points that the Belfast Giants and the Cardiff Devils may win <clears throat> is no, more than just points for the team to get through. It affects the league world rankings. So oh, where right. the league fits in the Europe. Kind of, if we get more points, we can then theoretically get more teams and then push that forward. So the higher the higher the, the higher each of the teams gets from each league, the higher the chance then for next season then? higher for having maybe instead of having a team in next season okay. we could probably have to oh, okay. um, depending on the, re- the return mentions in there that uh, Sweden and Finland um, have five teams in based on their points um, sorry Sweden and uh, uh, Switzerland sir Sweden and Switzerland have five teams in it and that's based on how they, how they sort of fit in the league yeah yeah um, Interesting we article. It's a good thing to have a few some things I didn't know. Like I didn't know with the, um, the your points in this uh, contributing to the league ranking, um, which is pretty interesting. Um, and then obviously the the points for the wins is pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, um, it's an interesting one. Um, some of the parts that I didn't know of, as you said, and I, I kind of knew it was three points because I remember reading that before. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see just how, how that kind of affects. But I generally didn't know um, the, the how high you got in the um, standings had a big impact on how many teams came in. So that's that's news. I didn't know that at all. Um, in terms of looking at the obviously upcoming games, um, which obviously for here in the UK, we're talking about the Belfast Giants who will be taking on, um, who are in Group C action. Um, and we'll be starting this coming Thursday, if I remember correctly, against uh, Liebrich. Uh, and then following on Saturday on the 31st, if I'm correct, I'm thinking Saturday's the 31st, uh, we'll be facing off against us. Aus- 
Augsburgers, Panthers. Um, did you guys see? Oh, sorry, I should say also Cardiff. Uh, sorry, uh, Cardiff Devils obviously in Group H action as well. I think their first game is against Grazer 99ers. Yep. I think is it Grazer 99ers? Yeah, Grazer 99ers. And is their second game against Ferlunda or Mountfield? Mountfield. Mountfield, Mountfield HK. Um, that's coming up as well. They're coming up. Is it, are they also playing Thursday and Saturday too, like the Giants are? No, I think are it's they... different days so that the broadcast that's for right. free sports yes. can be done. So they will be broadcasting on free sports. Um, Belfast Giants are taking on the first one in opening night action on the 29th. I know that for a fact. Um, did you guys see oh, 30th and 1st of September, 30th of August and 1st September for the... Oh wait, thirty the first September. Yep. Yeah. Thirtieth for the game against Graz ninety niners for yep. the Devils, then the first for the game against Mountfield. Yeah. Twenty ninth for the Giants against uh Liebrecht, which is this Thursday, and then whatever date Saturday is. Uh, I can't remember off 31st. the top of my head. Thirty first is our game against um I've forgotten already. Osberg. Mountfield. Mountfield. No, not Mountfield. No, Osbergers. Osbergers. Yeah. <laughs> Um, wow, Man, it's been we a suck while. at this. I know. Uh, it's been a while. Um, the one thing I did notice this week, which was quite an interesting one, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this too, was obviously the the, uh, the CHL have said that um, for each team that participates in the uh, CHL, um, a local, or I should say a, um, a referee or um, officials, should be supplied for um home league provides one the home league for each game will provide one referee and two linesmen for each of the games that are played with an additional referee from a neutral country so there'll be two it's the usual two ref system that we're used to here in the elite league but one ref will be from local ref and then a neutral ref from another country um the refs for these weekend games has anybody seen them because yes. i have um let me just go through that quickly so uh dean smith will take charge of cardiff's home opener against mountfield hk um with danny bursford and james ions on the lines belfast's home game against Osber- um augsburgers will officiate it by uh pavel de hallas Oh, for <laughs> <laughs> language. Are you joking me? Yeah, yep. it's Pavel Hallis uh, alongside uh, Swedish Marcus Lind with Scott Roger, Scott Roger, and John uh, and Dalton um, on the lines. Referee Andy Dalton back on the lines again. Back on the lines. Stefan Hogarth uh, will be joined by German Daniel. I'm not going to say that surname because I don't know how to say it for the Cardiff second game against Graz. Um, and uh, Kessel will line uh, will be the linesman for the game alongside Danny Bursford. Uh, the Giants' first home game. Um, does it say there who it's going? To, oh yeah, it's Andrew Liam Dalton. Sewell. Is it? No, it's Liam Sewell. Oh, will Liam, be the referee is. with yeah, Andy Dalton, the Dalton on the line on the line again at, with Ryan Frelly as well. Uh, so interesting. Um, but yeah, um, I, I don't know what my feelings are on quality of refs um, that they've chosen. But hey, John, you can't say anything because you're official now. Um, you kind of comment on that so we won't talk about that but uh, guys it's been an interesting um, couple of games interesting few days up ahead uh, are we going in with uh, with being realistic about the whole thing are we are we thinking what's our thoughts shall we say John I'll start with you um, out of us and the Devils we have the easier group because we're not against the guys who are probably going to win it again for Lunda um the likelihood of us going through 
two like out of the group stages goes up simply because of this refereeing decision, I think. Um, the biggest reason being that any European games that we've played, and that's through the all the Continental Cups that we've done, we've always suffered because European referees don't understand our game. They think that we're overly physical and they complete all, continually call us for it. The reality is that we're going to have three home games in the group stage where we're going to have three elite league officials out of four on the ice. They understand the game here and they're going to referee it, I hope, like it's an elite league game, which means we're not at that same disadvantage. Don't get me wrong, if we play the same way that we have previously, when we go to the away games, we will be at a disadvantage because the European referee will absolutely kill us. Um, they'll put us in the box the whole time. Now, I don't know, I only know it from a little bit of online chatter. Um, I do believe that the Giants had a little bit of a discipline problem over some of the preseason games. There was a lot of penalties called against them. They're going to have to be smarter on that because um, considering this, that was elite league referees who were in charge of those games. Um, so we shouldn't be at a disadvantage for the home games. It may not be just as big as an advantage as we'd like it to be, but I think we've got a good chance of getting out of the group. Cardiff, they're in the same position, the home games. They've got every advantage of having the home officials, but they have the tougher games. So that's a tough call for them to come out of the group. If we yeah. get out of the group, I'd be happy. Yeah. Dave, what's your thoughts? Jeez, I'd be happy if we score a couple of goals. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be uh, an uphill. I've seen it now. The CHL is a different caliber in some some ways. Now the Giants have improved in the last few years, and I think some of the doubts there might have been. But don't get me wrong, the the Giants are going to be a good team this year. Don't know whether I'd be quite happy to say I would want them to get through the group. Now I would love them to, and don't get me wrong, um, I think that they probably have the ability to. I think the difference being is that a lot of these guys that they'll be playing against will have been vast majority of their teams will be playing together for the last couple of years or at least the last uh, year and a bit um, and I've probably already started training camp a long long time before we did um, and they've obviously got a little bit more sort of money to throw around in some of the cases um, we showed at the end of the last season with the Continental Cup um, that the Giants can play sort of at whatever level we need to um, and hopefully we can see that again um, as I said, I would be happy to see a couple of, if I could see a couple of wins, um, I'd, be, I'd be ecstatic. If we get a couple of regulation wins too, that might be enough um, to get through to the group because the, these other teams, remember, they're going to take points off each other, left, right and centre. Hopefully a couple of regulation wins would be enough. But we'll see. I'd be happy for a, um, one win one win in the group and push as many to end the overtime as we can. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm kind of, I'm kind of the same. I'm kind of, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I kind of want to be um, really ambitious and say, you know, it's we're gonna do, you know, I would like us to be uh, like, obviously the the team that we've put together looks phenomenal on paper, could do something special, but the the reality, the the person, the the pessimist, I suppose, rather than the realist, but the pessimist more of me is probably thinking, you know, it's going to be a, a tough uphill battle no matter what. This is a different level compared to, you know, Continental Cup format and Continental Cup level of hockey. Um, and as you said, if we come out with a few couple of, a couple of goals, if we come out with even one win out of the three games, you know, kind of like, okay, great. If we get higher than that, then I'm going to be ecstatic like anybody else, I guess. If we can move on to the next round, it'd be even more phenomenal. Um, 
hesitant but excited anyway no matter what um because you know what competitive hockey is literally two days away and i cannot wait guys we're gonna leave period one now um and we're gonna move on to our period two of hockey Hello and uh, welcome to period two of uh, ice hockey from the rest of the world um, outside of the um, I do a wee piece at the start of each of uh, this, these podcasts in period two and we talk about stuff that's happened in hockey and history and uh, there isn't anything um, as far as I can find, um, not anything noteworthy anyway. Um, what I did find is that this day in uh, 1921, the Green Bay Packers cut their franchise in the NFL. Did, in the US, close did, enough for me. Did we, did, we become, <laughs> did we become an NFL podcast all of a sudden? I don't know. Just find it was the only thing that was noteworthy in the, the site I used. Is this, so, <laughs> is this so that we can now put in a tag uh, within our podcast? Uh, we can put in a tag of NFL and maybe get some fans in from NFL to come and actually think it's an NFL podcast. Um, okay, yeah, that was wrong. Whatever gets us followers. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so I had a bit of, uh, I couldn't make all the uh, the preseason games, so to make up for it, I took a wee trip to Sweden and went to Malmo <laughs> to watch the Malmo Redhawks take on a team that I can't pronounce. <laughs> um, and to be fair, I don't think any of the ones in the arena could pronounce it either. Um, but it was a preseason friendly game in Sweden, um, which I booked months in advance, and uh, I booked the tickets and arrived at the wrong arena. Um, <laughs> um, so don't be booking me as a travel guy going for but what I will say is eventually found it it was in their training arena which is maybe two miles um, from their, their main arena um, and it is like you think oh it's a training I was going to get a look at the images of this week sort of grotty wee place and arrived and it's um, it's about the size of Cardiff I would say give or take um, I think there may be more seats. Obviously, didn't count them, and I haven't checked the the capacity. But I would say it's about between three and four thousand in their training arena, um, and it was empty. But then again, it was a preseason friendly. Um, yeah, much from it. What I would say is that the the whole atmosphere, um, the people um, in Sweden were unreal, um, and I would recommend it as a, an away trip to anybody. Super easy to get to. Everyone was super helpful, um, and even with the going to the wrong arena, I still managed to have a cracking, cracking game of hockey. Um, but yeah, as I said, recommended to anyone, um, and that was my way of making up for missing the Giants preseason. Um, but fun. Um, any excuse? Uh, yeah, any excuse just to find hockey. Yeah, Gemma thought she was. Her wife was booking a, a holiday in the summer, thinking, "Oh, great, no hockey. Find hockey somewhere." <laughs> um, I'll very quickly finish off my piece to Marty because John hasn't done anything at all this week because I think he's trying to take my spot in the podcast. Um, but yeah, so the Wild got a new um, GM after 14 months of the previous GM, um, Bill Garn, Garner, Garner, um, Garn, Garner, something like that. Garen, Garen, there you go. Um, I had a quick look over the last few days. He is uh, comes very highly recommended. Somebody we all know and love from this podcast, uh, Big Sydney Crosby, um, has written the whole page. Don't start that nonsense. 
Um, so there's a cracking article. I'll not go through it all, but basically he um, mentions, Sidney Crosby mentions how he is the approachable voice, the sort of level-headed, uh, you know, man of the people sort of feeling you get from the article, um, which it didn't, the, the previous um, GM didn't fit into the wide organization. To be fair, I don't think he was given enough time. Fingers crossed he can change change things, but we we know that uh, whoever they have can't be better, can't be any worse after losing somebody after fourteen months, and hopefully he lasts more than, more than a year. Um, what 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 number of GM is this for the <laughs> the wild? Is it like fourteen or something? <laughs> I think it's only the fourth. Um, but you need to still replace that uh, revolving door with a, a nice one with a door handle, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You just get someone that's willing to. I think a lot of it was the the owner didn't gel um, with the previous GM, but hopefully that'll that'll change. Um, but yeah, well, onwards and upwards can't do any worse than they did last year. Um, if they go further down, they get a better draft pick further up the playoffs. So can't do anything wrong. Um, so we'll fire it over to Marty for for your piece. Yep, I have uh, two pieces for this one. I know we're only supposed to bring one, but I brought two. And also the fact that John didn't bring one kind of makes up for that. That does, yeah. Um, so uh, the first piece I had um, is international action, um, which was this story of um, Liam Stewart, who is not uh, an unknown name in the UK, um, both in the Elite League as well as GB Hockey. Uh, Liam Stewart wasn't picked up this year for the World Championships, didn't play in the World Championships this year uh, for Team GB. Um, and instead, this year, uh, has put on the skates and the shirt for New Zealand, uh, their ice hockey team. Um, Liam Stewart is the son of Kiwi model Rachel Hunter, as most people know. Um, obviously, his father is Rod Stewart. Um, Stewart was called into the Ice Black squad um, for next month's defence um, of uh, against Australia um, for a international hockey game. Um, Obviously, being dual citizen, both here um, in the UK as well as from England, uh, just rightfully choose where he wants to play. But I think it was an interesting one that uh, getting picked for that to um, come in and uh, pick up the shirt for um, the New Zealand team here. Um, in the so, question is, is obviously, is, um, is you know, and they're talking about uh, how is this a point where can he just walk in and out of either or? Um, but picked up anyway and he's play for that international hockey game against the um Australian team. Guys, any thoughts on that one? Can I make a point? In the piece, the New Zealand Herald posted the New Zealand Ice Blacks um post showing the team that was selected for the Trans Tasman Challenge series. Yep. Liam Stewart does not appear on that list. <laughs> I did notice that. Um, that I didn't see his so name on that list. So this entire news story is Liam Stewart, son of Rachel Hunter and Rod Stewart, has been selected for the Ice Black. As far as the Ice Blacks are concerned, it doesn't look like he is. Yeah, but uh, supposedly he has, and they'd be playing up. It was another. It was posted. They put it themselves. I think um, they put it themselves to say that he'd be playing for the team. Um, I mean, fair, fair play to him. He's representing another country of which he is a dual national, which is perfectly fine. Um, we've seen lots of others use their dual citizenship and represent countries across. GB have had players represent their other countries. Like we're thankful for it because they're usually our big goal scorers or big defensemen. Um but I can understand why Liam went there. He went there to recover from his pretty serious concussion that was almost 
career ending. Um, he's got himself up to being, I think, the highest point scorer in that league. Yeah. So well, it's it's no this, doubt that he's going to be well, selected. This is what I wanted to pick out, and this is what I wanted to point out. Right. So he's been picked up for. He's been playing in New Zealand, um, where he had a stellar first year uh, with uh, being the top goal scorer uh, in the regular season for the Queenstown um, based Stampede team with a total goals of 18 <laughs> if that's the top goal score 18 points this league must not be must not run that long it must be a I couple think of weeks league, I it think think must be <laughs> it must be like it must run like maybe just like a couple weeks, maybe like you know maybe over like their winter months which are like what maybe like four is it like four weeks winter <laughs> down in New Zealand <laughs> um so again I just kind of seen that and thought okay that's a st- if that's a stellar uh, a stellar year stellar um season 18 goals, that's <laughs> what, um, what What kind of season does that look like there? Um, what I will say, though, is in that post where the Ice Blacks put their team out there, you notice that they have a really interesting hockey name on their list? I must have missed that. There's a young guy called Joe Orr. Ah. Representing. Okay. That was an interesting one. Interesting. Um, Dave, did you, see, did you have any thoughts on that one? No, that looks really cool. Um, I think it's uh, it's good to see him play at that international level again. It was a shame when he had that uh, massive concussion. And there didn't seem to be an awful lot of support in the Elite League at the time. And we've talked about it an awful lot about concussion um, and concu- like improving the concussion uh, checks and things in the Elite League. Um, and here's hoping that he'll eventually come back to the shores because he was really good um, when he played um, for GB and played for uh, Coventry. So it be interesting to see. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, my next story, um, just... Briefly, um, we it's going back to um, obviously a story that we were carrying last season, um, and we mentioned a couple of times, um, and so the progression or did on that, and that's obviously of course the Seattle NHL expansion team, um, which is due to come into effect uh, from the 2020-2021 season, isn't twenty one twenty two season? Sorry, yep. Yeah. Um, and the uh, Seattle franchise obviously has not been named as of yet. Um, but this week they had said they've touted the fact that the uh, they're hoping to name the team um, in this coming uh, year in the 2020 season. Um, hopefully around the All-Star weekend, um, they will hopefully announce the name or the nickname anyway uh, for this new NHL expansion team. Um, what was interesting and what was being said um, when people were talking about was that the... Um, so anybody, I don't know if I don't know if you guys were um, ever aware of this, but uh, the back I think in the early two thousands there was a field um, experiment for a football league in the states called XFL. Oh, oh, Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon yeah. football, yeah, football, a football league. Um, well, that is being revived this coming year, um, and in spring of 2020, uh, a new eight-team league um, will be starting off again, heralded and by Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Um, and this week they announced, they revealed eight nicknames uh, this week for their um, teams that would be taking part. Some interesting names in there, um, but they have a team, an XFL team in Seattle, and the Seattle team is going to be called the Seattle Dragons. Um, oh, I can't wait for all the Coventry Blaze tweets from that stupid dragon over there. <laughs> so he, um, the, the question was asked. He was um, he done uh, the um, the Ron Francis um, who 
um, is the or no sorry what am I talking about sorry uh, Lyric um, who is the basically the head person the CEO for Seattle Todd Lyric um, basically had an ask me anything live Facebook chat last week um, in which he kind of updated people about the progression of things and what's being said and someone had asked him the question of did he feel it was pressure being put on um, in the fact that the uh, XFL team was going to be naming their team first before the NHL team got the name there first and he was like nope we already had our name Site. Um, we already have a good idea of what team, and we've had a, a conversation with uh, with the powers of B in the NHL, and seem to have a bit. Of, we've seen the uh, potential names, so uh, we'll be looking out for that. And again, we'll sure to. Uh, we've talked about potential names previously um, on a previous podcast, but I'm sure as the season progresses and we get closer to the um, closer to the the naming. Um, that we will see what that is. Um, what's interesting um, is that uh, and f- the, the, a recent um, local uh, newspaper there in Seattle um, did how, hold a um, naming kind of idea, a bracket-style tournament to see um, which would team, which name maybe would stand out more than others. Obviously, you had names like we talked before, the Metropolitan, which is a historical name which stands out. We had Steelheads, Kraken, which was an interesting one. Um, Sasquatch, Freeze, Emeralds, Pilots, Cascades. But the the name that obviously defeated them all um, was Sockeyes, um, which, again, I think it also has a historic relevance there because it's been used previously also. Uh, so it really is just a watch this space. Um, what is interesting is that a, a, if you haven't seen it yet or you haven't had a chance, um, Hockey News, um, I, that, that um, source of information they're actually at the moment doing a series a weekly series um i want to say weekly anyway um of each team um and the team are the the players that um each team should be thinking about protecting when it comes to like so they're doing like um mock um expansion draft. expansion drafts um and looking at to see which teams each team sh- or which players each team should be looking um, so if you get a chance to have a read that, because some of those are quite interesting. This week I just read they don't want Toronto. Um, I let you, I think, yesterday, and I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what they're saying for each of those. Look, I've said it before. If the Seattle franchise isn't called the Frasers, I'm going to be heartbroken. Mentioning <laughs> <laughs> Frasier, I'm actually watching that back, which is actually quite fun. It's actually quite funny when you're actually older watching that back. You actually get more jokes. The logo should just be here with a bald spot. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Okay. Um, before I move on um this what we what we what we historically used to do on the podcast was we used to do period one period two followed by period three and then we used to do our star segment followed by our um our penalty box, penalty box segment but what we decided to do from this season on is just add on a penalty box segment into each of those periods where it's relevant so if there's a big if there's a penalty box um information to come up uh in the nhl with these in the elite league or Local hockey, we'll talk about those in period one and so on and so on. Uh, this one I wanted to mention, um, obviously, because it uh, incorporates Washington Capitals player um, for the NHL, but also is a Russian national team player um, who this past week um, had been, has been given a uh, national, international ice hockey federation, IIHF, have suspended a uh, Russian nas- national team player uh, Kuznetsov uh, for four years for testing positive to cocaine. Yeah, a drug that we all know the NHL doesn't see as being a problem. So uh, that's been that's an interesting one, um, and the reason why we put it is you mentioned we talked about it before in this podcast. Uh, where 
uh, NHL could have done that, but it's not considered drug abuse uh, when it's tested for um, within um, the mandatory treatment or mandatory tests within NHL. Um, and it's an interesting one in that he's been given all ban for that for an international um, from international play, but not low. Um, and again, it's just one of those ones where the NHL have come out and said uh, cocaine is only is not considered because they only test for enhancing drugs within the NHL. Um, so they don't really care about recreational drugs, which again is an interesting one, um, given the fact that uh, I think that's different around, around the world for different um, leagues. Because I know here in uh, the UK in the league um, hockey, recreational drugs are also on list for, uh, for uh, banned substances that aren't allowed to be taken and you can get suspensions for that. We've seen that before. Players who maybe took in some, you know, illegal substances when they were off on their holidays and that was found in the stream and they were um, suspended for a couple of games. Um, I think that was marijuana use from uh, Amsterdam. Um, but guys, what's your thoughts on this? I'm happy to see it. Double IHF have the, the right way around it. We've talked about this um, type of thing before here and I think we've all been pretty hard and fast that the NHL stance is not right. Um, it needs to be tougher uh, around this. The, um, the statement from the NHL uh, is hilarious. It says that um, it's uh, the the NHL will only uh, consider for intervention, evaluation, and treatment, uh, and only in appropriate cases. Um, and that was the deputy commissioner who said that. So it's like, yeah, these guys, and then they goes, but uh, only if they put themselves forward, we maybe help them with this thing. That probably, when you look at recreational drug use alongside things like head injury is probably why you end up with players living on the street after the, at the end of their career with alcohol abuse and more recreational drug abuse and then dying so young. Yeah. Um, that's something the NHL needs to step up and look at. The biggest interesting thing is that um, Kuznetsov will not be applicable for the next Winter Olympics. Well, this is an interesting one because I was thinking about this anyway. The fact that the NHL in the last winter, the biggest NHL came out and said, our players cannot go play in the Winter Olympics. They clearly said that, and then obviously had players who were like, no, 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 play. Mm-hmm. So realistically, if the NHL were being sticklers about it anyway, about their players going off to play in the, in, in the Winter Olympics, and we've seen a big impact that it had this previous, this previous Winter Olympics with mm-hmm. like Team USA and Team Canada, and how they looked significantly different. Um, is it really a big thing for them if he's not going to be playing anyway, and he would? Potentially wasn't going to be playing in the Winter Olympics because it depends of the ban from the NHL. Well, not ban, but the NHL yeah. saying we don't want the players going. It depends what he decides to do personally. Obviously, we knew that um, he has previously ignored the NHL lockout of the Olympics. But the last uh, one he to go. The last one he didn't, but I think there were conversations about potential injuries um, being there with Ovi. Um, but it depends as well because the likelihood is that before the next Winter Olympics, we got a lockout year coming as well um, with um, all of that that's going to go through it's all up in the air just now um, but it's it doesn't change the fact that even if things uh, stay the way they are and the NHL goes to lockout and they're all eligible to play he's not Yeah. so that's the reality lastly before we move on I, I love in this article as well this last bit in this article I highlight was uh, this part here it said a video, a video allegedly showing off uh, sitting next to unidentified lines of white powder was posted online in May. However, it's not immediately clearly it's not immediately clear 
whether his positive doping test and this episode are linked. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to test them and need a reason for it, that might be a big one. I'm going to guess, yes. That's a, that's just a creepy, again, it's something we talk about all the time when it comes to the, the game. It's not necessarily, yes, it has a massive impact on the player, it has a massive impact on their life, but it's the image these guys are meant to portray um, beyond. You know, they're role models for kids, these people looking up to these people. And it's just a, a big misstep, in my opinion, you know, really to come out and say that. Because they're basically saying, kids, it's okay to do drugs. Um, you can still be a massive NHL professional. Um, it's just so wrong in my eyes. Um, especially uh, being a father to two boys. If if, I was, if they are going to grow up seeing that, I think it's just totally wrong. Um, but yeah, pleasant note to end the, uh, that period on. So take us swiftly on to period three. Okay, uh, period three is our general knocky news. Uh, so this is where we get to talk about anything and everything else in the world of hockey which has caught our attention since the last one. Um, guys, Dave, I'm going to start with you on this one because I want to go from hockey players and hockey guys not being someone you want to look up to to um, hockey being somewhere that kids can look up to. Yeah, no, totally. So the... Uh this, I think it was the weekend past, there was a, a post put up by um, a member of the public, obviously I won't give out names and stuff, but a member of the public um, whose son had been bullied quite severely because he was wearing cast because um, he'd hurt his arm and uh, it was really emotional. I remember seeing it before any of the came in, it was a bit weird and the boy was very, very upset. He highlighted how much he, was, he loved hockey and and things together and straight away within minutes uh, Big Adam Keith was like uh, get him down to the, the game he can come down watch the warm up and meet some of the players and we don't like bullies at Belfast Chance um, and I love that line um, it was just filled me it was like one of those ones after coming especially that piece we read you know that this is what we want to see from our hockey um, hockey players and coaches and teams is this um, you know sort of pillars of community it sounds really sort of cheesy but that's sort of you know people to look up to and that's what Adam Keefe's done um, and a few of the players as well you got to meet have really um, stepped up um, Smotherland met him and also highlighted and he shared a story of him being built kid there, you, you see the other the other end of it um, as you grow up but you know there's light at the end of the tunnel um, and the outpouring of support from the, the fans as well has been phenomenal yeah, it was brilliant. It's great, to great to see, and it's another reason that we can be incredibly proud of the Belfast Giants organisation. Totally. Um, Marty, I'm going to come over to you now, um, because you've got a, an interesting one here, which is quite political at the moment, uh, where we're going to get to talk about uh, China and Hong Kong. Yeah, um, this is this was. Um, I don't know if you've seen the footage. Um, it's quite a. It is quite, as it says, it's quite a brutal piece of footage. Um, where um, Hong Kong youth ice hockey team was brutally attacked by players from Chinese mainland. Um, Chinese ice hockey players have been banned from the sport after footage emerged showing them brutally beating up opponents from Hong Kong. Um, the scenes themselves broke out uh, in the closing minutes of a national youth game uh, match between two, the two teams. Um, 
uh, in which uh, the Hong Kong team was winning uh, 11-2 against the opposing team, the Kunlun Red Star, um, from mainline, uh, the mainland city of Shenzhen. Um Again, the video itself was posted on social media. Uh, it showed two of the Kunlun players repeatedly punching Hong Kong's number 23 um, um, in the head and his shield in his face comes to blow um, and it, it basically right in the head. A woman outside the ring can be heard shouting stop, stop, while several other skirmishes start to take place in the background. Um, two referees do finally step in to try and break it up, but it was very dirty, very violent. Um, and the the video itself, it's it's, it's it can be tough to watch. Um, so we will put in a little advisory there that the uh, the scenes that it do show, it does show are quite hard to watch in different parts because it is quite aggressive in terms of where it is. So it's not surprising there was bans for those players. Um, guys, did you get to see the video? Seen bits and pieces of it. My biggest part of this is I wonder what the KHL will do about this. Because Kunlun Red Star are the Chinese expansion KHL team. Yes. Which came in a couple of years ago. And if this is their youth team, then realistically, it's up to the KHL to make an example of these guys. Um, now, I don't expect that they'll do anything with the senior team. But as an organization, they have a question to answer there. Um, why their players have been allowed to do that. Um, now, I don't imagine, I mean, with politically what's going on between China and Hong Kong I'm probably I'm not going to say that's what's caused it especially the fact that uh, the Chinese team were getting humped um, but still it's uh, it's not good to see um, the, the bit that I don't like is that um, at the very end of the piece it says two referees eventually step in to stop the fighting this is this is youth hockey mm. this is up to the referees the referees are not the first port of call for this, realistically. It should be coaches. Uh, and the Kunlun Red Star coaches should have been straight in there and stopping their players. Um, the reality is probably the opposite. Uh, we've all heard stories about coaches telling youth players to go out and just basically break the other guys. Um, or maybe that's just uh, the storyline of uh, Mighty Ducks 2, actually. Um, <laughs> but it's it's not great to see something have to be typed out that says eventually they stepped in to stop it. Because um, fighting's not part of the youth game, uh, it shouldn't be. Um, I know that some people will say, "Oh, it has to be part of the youth game because when they get up to the senior game, they they need to be ready for it." But we've seen NCAA in Belfast. When mm. have we ever seen any of them drop the gloves? No, they don't right. do it because it's yep. not allowed as part of that league. Yep. Um. So, no, there's no excuse for it at all. No. Dave, did you get a chance to see the video? I did. It's a bit uh, a bit horrifying, especially when you think of youth. It's unreal. Um, yeah, I totally agree with John. Um, there's no room for it in the youth sport. Um, and it's gradually, as much as, you know, fans love a good fight, it's gradually leaving the uh, sport as well. Um, and hopefully they'll, the use of the, uh, hopefully they'll put something in place to make it a bit easier to clean that up. Um, normally, uh, when you see it, those sort of things, John's right, you usually see the, the coaches um, making more of an effort now. It's, I suppose it's the are they maybe worried about coming onto the ice and you know looking at their own bands. But see, personally, you'd be straight on there if that was your your team um, as a, as a youth coach because you don't want your guys to get hurt and vice versa. Even if it's your your team that's the aggressors, and um, you want to protect their image as well. You know those you know those kids will be tarred with that brush. Um, you know if it gets out that they were on that team, you know when they're going to. You know, for future leagues, they're going to be saying, oh, where'd you play? And they'll say, 
and people are going, oh, were you involved in that incident? Hong Kong, you know, it's a bit of a, bit of a nightmare to be in. Mm, definitely. Yep, okay. Marty, your second piece. You suck for putting this on because I wasn't going to bring this up just because Why? this is this is off-season heartbreak for me and you know it fine rightly. So you've managed to find a story about P.K. Subban. Yeah, uh, so this is a story which caught my attention, which I just thought was, it was gee, it was really funny. Um, we actually, the reason why I came, uh, I suppose the reason why I seen this in the first place was uh, P.K. Subban obviously, uh, you know, uh, moving from, probably making one of the biggest moves, one of the probably biggest um, new off-season off news pieces was the fact that P.K. Subban um leaving the uh john's preds uh to move to the new jersey devils um and this past few weeks this past week i think it was it was around about yeah last week i think it was there was a couple little bits and pieces of reasons why this this caught my attention first off first and foremost was an ex-belfast giants player was posted both on pk suban's uh instagram account and also on his own uh where a GB player that isn't um, isn't unknown to everyone here in the UK, which is obviously um, Johnny Boxhill, um, was uh, having some time, spending some time with PK this last week or so, um, doing some skating, some practicing, and kind of just catching up with PK. Obviously, they're friends. But then PK this last week um, decided to put up on his Instagram account, on his Instagram feed, a contact telephone number for a mobile phone with the words hit me up um in which he was encouraging people to uh text him um and ask questions um and also to talk to young players young the young players um and basically yeah basically that was the idea that he would get talking to them um and by putting his mobile number up to have conversations with these players um at first, I think a lot of people were kind of like, "Is this is this real? Is this is this for real? Is he really giving out his mobile number so that um he can chat to people?" Um, and I think quite a few people at the start were kind of thinking, "I don't know if this is real or not, or if this is actually happening." But uh, for those who did, um, who for those of us who did um text him or did contact him, were surprised to find actually yes, it was the uh, Norse Trophy winner NHL All Star PK Supan that was answering them uh, on the number that was provided. Um, guys, what's your thoughts on this? That's brilliant. I love it. Um, it's peak PK. Yeah, that, that's that's what it is. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if um, maybe something like his mobile phone number got out somehow, and he thought, right, twenty four hours, I'm changing this number. Um, let's do something fun with yeah. it before I'm getting rid of it. Um, yeah. So that's that's maybe what's happened. So he's gone out, had a bit of fun. He's absolutely brilliant he engages with um fans on social media so well we know all the good work that he's done in montreal with the children's hospitals um like it, he is a class act um i it was heartbreaking for him to leave the preds he was i mean it's the john buying a preds jersey curse i bought a weber jersey he got traded for funny enough for pk i buy a suban jersey and he goes to the devils so I don't know who I'm going to buy next. Definitely not Rooney. Anyway, I was about to say better get a Rooney jersey. Anybody else? <laughs> Dave, um, what about you? What do you think about that? That's amazing. Um, it's I love PK. He's a great sort of proper celebrity in the league. Um, above and beyond the rest, the rest of the players, in my opinion, like he's like we always talk about it. Like I watched the watched the All Star game just to see him turn up. You know how he's dressed. Um, you know what hat he's decided to wear. Sort of yeah. random. Like I'm not in, not obviously not in the fashion, but 
really know if PK is either, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, he's just a character, and the leagues, the NHLs needed it for a while. It's very straight-laced at times, and it has its problems, and you just need somebody like PK to sort of break yeah, it up. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he just he lights it up. To, exactly. Crack yeah. player, crack atmosphere, he brings the whatever club he's at. Grand. Right, uh, there's only one final piece for Naki News then. Um, everyone who's ever listened to any of our podcasts before know that we love a good jersey. And there's not been a lot of, um, sort of jersey news coming up. Um, obviously, the Giants jerseys, we, we've looked at those. It's 20th anniversary. We've we've looked at the Giants jerseys that have come out. There's been a few comments about the sort of really nice design of them. Also, a few questions about sort of why certain shapes were used instead of others. Uh, we kind of had that discussion amongst ourselves. But guys, the Giants aren't the only team celebrating an anniversary. Uh, over in the NHL, the Buffalo Sabres are celebrating their half-centenary, their 50th year in uh, existence. And they've come out with um, some commemorative jerseys. They're golden jerseys. Um, have you had a chance to have a look at them? Uh, yeah, I seen these last night. And your thoughts, Murray? Um, I really... I, li- I like them. I think, they're, I think they're really nice-looking jerseys. They're very... Again... It looks like a, 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 it's a really nice addition that they've added the the golden lines in to represent the five the fifty years. So they've got the five additional lines. Obviously, the solid blue with the four golden lines in there. Um, now the from looking up close to it, it looks like the, what they've done with the golden lines and even in the golden crest is quite similar to what the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have done with theirs, and they've made it quite sparkly in that, like it looks almost li- glittery in terms mm-hmm. of kind of that kind of idea. Um, so it looks like it's that similar style. I think they look very simple. I think they look very nice. Um, you you, you touched on something just there. It's very simple, and I think this is my problem with NHL jerseys outside of things like the Winter Classic, is they're just a bit basic. I'm not saying that they need to start adding sponsorship because that's absolutely not the answer. Um, But to me, this is just another Buffalo jersey. I think that's that's my problem with these special edition jerseys. That's where I think the likes of the Giants' 20th anniversary jerseys and actually some of the previous anniversary jerseys as well, the 15th anniversary jersey, which I I have one of them, is brilliant. Mm. Um, I think either one or both you guys has 10th anniversary jerseys. Uh, yeah. Nope, I don't have one. Dave, you have one. I've, I have a game war backwards. Yeah, so like they're and they're cracking jerseys. Yeah, and we've seen some really good callback jerseys from the Giants already through preseason, as well, where they've gone back to the sort of original jersey days, the first season jerseys, and they look brilliant. I don't doubt it's going to be the last time we're going to see something like that through the season. Yeah, these Buffalo jerseys just they're a bit. Here's a jersey. Well, no. Well, I like. I that say, and I bet it costs about 150 bucks. The, the bits I like are obviously the golden lines. I really like the little addition of the golden lines, for the, so it makes it 50 and everything else. I like the little added touch that they've done inside the jersey. So you don't see it on the outside of the jersey, but inside the neckline of the jersey, um, they've used all of the previous logos from the team's 50-year history. And each of those logos they've used over the course of those 50 years are going to be des- are going to be printed on the inside of the of the jersey, which I thought is a nice little touch be nice if it was maybe on the outside and be around the but whatever i think it's nice to include it in some way so they're going to be on the inside of the neckline and i think it's very interesting that they're saying that uh, this year also they're going to be wearing the navy uniforms for the last time for this season to return to their original royal blue 
um, is their primary color from next season onwards. So this will be the last time they're actually using that dark navy color mm. um, as part of their uniforms. So um, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what their their uniforms going to look like next year. If it's going to go back to that kind of royal blue color rather than this navy that they're currently using. Yeah, well, it'll be nice to see them actually go back to that lighter colour. I hadn't actually read that piece, even though it was my new story that I put up. I just looked at the pretty pictures. Okay, um, with that then, that wraps up uh, Noki News. And uh, Marty, we move on to the star segment. Yep, our star segment um, is a point where we usually... This is confusing me because you usually do the star segment, but okay. Um, oh, yeah. Star segment um, is a... each. So we've slightly changed up how we are doing our star segment moving forward. Uh, from pre- Previously, what we used to do was we used to um, each bring a either a player, a team, or some player or goal or whatever it might be. And that, that descended into absolute madness yeah. where we just started ignoring those categories and bringing anything that we thought was worthy of Pretty noteworthiness. Much. So what we've decided this season is that we want to make it a bit more of a competition um we are all going to put forward a a our our suggestion on who we think our star is for this episode for each episode um and then we'll put it up as a if i'm right and correct and thinking of what we'd agreed was <laughs> we'll put this up as a fan vote on our twitter page um and then we'll have our, our come of each of who the star is for each episode just and then to, we'll record just to note sorry anyone in this who brings up Joey Martin it's not going on the Twitter poll <laughs> just because it usually does yeah um, so each star segment each week um, we will put it up and the Twitter poll will tell us uh, basically who is the winner and we will record that um, in in our on our, on our figurative black, blackboard for the yep. season um, and at the end of the season we will see which of us will be uh, the winner um, or have the most stars from the course of the season however uh, additionally what we were wanting to do and what we're trying to, we're going to try and do if, if from moving forward and um, what we're trying to do is try and engage with you guys uh, our listeners um, and get you guys to uh, send us in prior to each episode your star for the previous two weeks or so uh, again that can be a player can be a team it can be a goal something that catches your attention that you think deserves to be the star of the uh, past two weeks um, so get those coming through and you will also then be put on the Twitter poll and we'll see at the end of the season can the fans beat us um, in terms of numbers um, for the star segment um, so I think I got that correct. Did I get it all correct? You did. You I got it. You got it in one. Well done. Great. I completely forgot and left you hanging there. Um, going forward, I will remember that I'm supposed to do the star yeah. segment. It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> um, so let's start off. Um, Dave, let's start with you. Can you give us who your nominee is for this week's star segment and give us a bit of a reason on why? So my star for this week is Patrick Ronka, um, who, in my opinion, is probably one of the fastest the Giants players I've ever seen. Um he is watching over those two games and in the highlights. He's got phenomenal puck control and he is pure speed. Tiny. Unbelievably small, but pure speed. Um and with a cracking shot to go with it. He is going to be extremely dangerous um in the Elite League and I think he's going to be critical for the Giants to get any goals in the uh, CHL. Um, watching him play the last, in the last two games was an absolute pleasure and I can't wait to see more from him. 
Yeah, I think I definitely think like this past weekend he was definitely impressive. Um, just that play, that speed, that just it was just amazing to watch. And you're right, I think um, he's he's a he's one of those players that um, coming over the other side of the CHL. Unfortunately, given the league and how the league works, I'm, I'm worried of basically after the CHL finishes, will we be looking at maybe trying to fill a gap come mid season because his style, his ability, everything. Uh, it's just phenomenal. Um, okay. Um, thanks, Dave. Yours is Ronka. Okay, we'll go with that and we'll put that out and see what you guys think. Uh, Mang, next, um, I'm going to go with uh, also a Belfast Giant that I've watched this past weekend, which, uh, well, not just watching this past weekend, but I think just generally since his announcement for his signing came about, and that's Reddix. Um, his signing came, and from day one, as soon as that signing was mentioned, he jumped on board and basically showed basically what it meant to him to come to Belfast Giants and took just jumped two feet in to becoming a giant and becoming uh, fully immersed in teal. Uh, right down to having his doing a couple of posts as well on his Twitter game is amazing. I'm just going to say his gift game is so good. But also um, the fact that like things like, you know, sharing the video of like his kids and stuff with the... Um, giant land and everything else and how it's become as part of the trend but also this past weekend scoring his uh first um hat-trick for the belfast giants um i know it was pre-season but still um, and a natural hat-trick a as natural well hat-trick. it was a phenomenal play i think what really stood out for me was in that first weekend that first playoff that first um pre-season weekend you could so it was so clear on his face you could see his frustration in that no matter what he was trying he just wasn't getting that finish just spot on and he just was it was just stolen from him a couple of times where you could see he was just oh it was just this there was a moment at one point where his just his face just said it all but it was just like so close um but that happened that first weekend but this past weekend again um great phenomenal player um not afraid to defend his team, not afraid to kind of finish off. Um, but just generally his attitude coming in, I just think should be uh, commended. Um, and that's why he's my star player for this uh, episode. John? Right, obviously, we all know, I haven't seen any hockey, really, um, so far. Uh, I haven't seen any of the preseason stuff um, other than the highlights. Didn't want to take anything off the highlights, so I've just gone, look, you're going to take the mic out of me, guys. It's whoever in the giant organization approved my media accreditation for the Elite League because the email that came said that someone in my home team, which I put down as the Giants, has said, yeah, they're all right, let them come through and give them a media pass. So whoever it was who signed that dotted line, um, yeah, you're you're my star. It's, uh, I think we were, we were sitting, we were, me and Dave were sitting on Friday just... Uh, thinking about the different um, things that we're just like, you know, we could obviously get you to do with your media pass. Well, we don't know what you can do yet with your media pass because we don't actually know what it means. Nope. But because um, we kind of, it was kind of one of those like, well, we do it. Yeah. Then you were kind of like, I'm just going to do it. And we're like, okay, where you go. Let's see what happens. <laughs> but the fact that they did, um, we're still kind of sitting in amazement that this happening. But I was saying we should really, we really need to start teaching you how to use a camera properly as well so that you can get and get down there maybe and take some snaps as well from the from the side of the ice, you know, down Probably, where yeah. you could do that too. So we could maybe get you doing that. Um, 
yeah but uh we'll see what happens but yeah uh so we'll put it to you guys uh, i don't think we have any fan star for this what this segment no this so we season. we did kind of drop it on people and we had a couple of tweets uh, and a couple of messages through um saying oh it's a bit last minute a bit last minute um but yeah what we'll do is we'll give you more of a heads up um we'll give you a day or so um going forward between each recording uh we do try to record on tuesday so what we'll do is we'll try and put it out either on the sunday night or the monday um to give you all a chance to put it through um if you are going to take part the next time that we put it out do make sure to tag us at door 14 hockey on twitter um and use the hashtag uh d14 fan star and that way we can make sure that we don't miss any uh, and put it down there um and aaron just didn't bother again uh aaron yeah we should mention that aaron isn't here i forgot to even mention that aaron wasn't here this week but i'm sure people noticed anyway um, well, he is awful quiet sometimes. He's awful quiet sometimes, but it's fine. I'm sure people did notice. He is working. Uh, he's, he's working hard. He's working, and he, I think he was really disappointed he couldn't be here today because I think he had a lot to talk about. Um, okay, um, that's us, and we'll move straight on to our final segment of the episode, and that is our overtime segment. So our overtime segment is just any other stories um, that have caught our attention that we wanted to mention, um, talk about, and also any questions or comments that are coming in from you guys um, on our Twitter feeds or on our social media accounts. So um, guys, let's start off first and foremost just with this little bit that I found that I kind of wanted to mention, and I wanted to get your, your opinions and your thoughts on this. Um, so this is a story that I... This is a little thing that came up, um, popped up on my feed last week um, when I was in work, obviously working quite hard. Um, for some reason, um, our our work laptops have like a this like you know news feed thing from MSN or whatever it is, but you kind of get Yahoo Sports every now and again. Yeah, he still exists, I know. Uh, but there's this um, article about who is the best NHL goalie of the current decade. Um, so there's obviously during the 2000s, it was pretty clear that Marty Brodeur was probably the best goalie that the league had ever seen, uh, winning obviously four trophies in the space of 2000, 2000 to 2009. Um, no other netminder probably could come close to Marty Brodeur for that. Uh, with the fact that there's only one year left in this current decade, um they're they look they're they're talking about you know who is the standout goaltenders for the 2010s um yahoo uh have mentioned three names that they believe are the top three goalies for this decade i want to get your thoughts on it and i want to get uh your your take on who you think should be added or should be on that top of that list um i realized doing this i opened up a can of worms because we know who dave's could probably already be <laughs> but we'll come to that in a minute or two so the three names that yahoo sports gave are carrie price um second henrik lundquist and third uh, sergey bobrovsky um guys your thoughts these three names um would you say these are your top three names who do you think is missing or who would you say is your top goalie for this last decade right so is the whole thing that we comment on these three and then add ours um if they're not already on the list if they're not already on, let's just go with your own okay right Kerry price no um yes he had uh a really good and it's actually it's in this piece here 2014-15 um was absolutely brilliant he has won a couple of trophies. Um, I think he won the Vizina as well. Um, but his injuries have held him back massively and he's got no postseason success at all. He turns into an absolute sieve in the postseason. Um, he is a regular season goalie. And I mean, if he was in the Elite League, that's great because we put the regular season above all. But he's not. He's an NHL goalie. So it's all about the Stanley Cup. Um, out of this list, I think the one that you absolutely can't look past is Lunk. Um, 
absolute superstar uh, goaltender. He is in Brodeur territory. Yep. I think um, he's lasted a lot longer than I thought he would. I thought he was gone last season. I thought he was going to finish up, but still going. Um, that's that's amazing. Uh, Borowski, I probably wouldn't put on this list uh, at all. I don't think he's up there um, at all, so I'm not going to comment any more about him. The one, obviously, that I'm going to throw up there, um, and I know, having just said what I said about Kerry Price, about postseason success, I think he's on the doorstep, is Pekka Rina. Pekka is there. Pekka is now a two-time Vizina winning goaltender um, with the Predators, and yeah, I think he's he should be in there either in place of Corey, Kerry Price or um, Bobrovsky. Okay, right. Dave, your thoughts? Here it comes! <laughs> um, I have to agree with, with uh, John, a few of them. Um, I would probably keep Bobrovsky in there. He's definitely a, an unreal player. Um, the I have to... On the list they've picked, I have to agree again with John in that three um, and has just been unfortunate with postseason success he can avoid them um, but obviously I have won the ads but it's not the one you think um, I yeah, I am going to add uh, Marc-Andre Fleury uh, that list um, probably the most overlooked netminder of the last 10 years in my opinion Um is had unbelievable success with the the Preds um, and has had an unreal couple of seasons with the Golden Knights. And um, I think he's been a proper stalwart, stalwart for those teams. And it has no sign of stopping. At 34, he's still on strong. Um, and the thing you have to remember is this guy's won three Stanley. Yep. You know, unreal netminder. Um, and I think he's got maybe another one in him if they get another good push um and i think he deserves to be in that in that list yeah it's funny that was one of the first names that popped up for me that was missing from this list as well was mark andre Fleury, uh for exactly reasons that you've mentioned you know two especially in this last decade anyway um he got two nhl stanley cup championships with the pittsburgh penguins um both 2016 and 2017 so that can't be overlooked um also you know you've got the likes of you know what he's done for the Golden Knights in that first season with their with their phenomenal their phenomenal yeah. season in their inaugural season 2017 2018 now last season maybe not as not as strong but um I, again I still think he's one of those one of those players that you and again you you hit it on the head Dave I think he's probably one of the most underrated in in the last decade um in terms of the players that they've mentioned I would agree also um with yourselves I think Henrik Lundqvist um is probably one of those players over the course of the the decade um you know again we're looking at the decade here not just um you know not just this last couple of seasons um but I think um Again, he's a very strong player for, you know, one of those names that people always, you know, think about in terms of like, you know, quality player that um, comes into mind. Um, I think for me, I, I don't know if it would be anybody else I would say uh, that's missing from that. Now, for me, I think the only reason why I would um, possibly put this person in um, is only just because of um, just his sheer success, just in, in terms of just um, his, I suppose, um, both olympics playing uh f playing for you know in in um the world 
what's called those the World Cup of Hockey and and um Stanley Cup Championship and everything else, and that would obviously be Tucker Ask um with um the with Boston um I think that should be something that maybe maybe uh, maybe a controversial one, but I always thought I always felt that Tucker Rask um was one of those players that um is a bit underrated um. But we we talked about it previously where there was a a period not last season but the season before around this Christmas period where Boston had completely dropped out of sight, didn't get anywhere, weren't even looking like they were going to get to the playoff finals, and then they had this all of a sudden they had this amazing run of streak come around Christmas New Year's time where they had I think it was he went on a a streak of like three or four games where he went um with no goals scored against him he went with three clean sheets in, in the period of three games in, in a row to turn their team around and get them into the playoff championships um, and come towards the final again of that playoff championship run but I just still think he's one of those players that maybe is worth mentioning um, I think uh, again but that's my opinion um, I think he maybe could take over um, in my opinion I think he would probably fit in more so uh, over Bobrovsky than um than anyone else but that's my opinion anyway well there you go if anyone out there thinks they know another netminder and bear in mind this is nhl netminders we're talking about i mean the rest of us would all absolutely say tyler beskarwani <laughs> um but yeah if you if you think we've missed out an nhl goalie uh, who should be in that list of best of the last decade then let us know uh, let us know on twitter uh, the last thing then uh, we want to put up um, was obviously we put it to you guys to tell us um, what you want to talk about, any discussions or anything that you wanted to mention. And um, we have one, John? We've got, well, there's one that's been brought up and then one other thing that I want to say right at the very end. Um, so the first one is um, basically the fifth member of the Door 14 <laughs> Hockey Podcast. Um, it wouldn't be a podcast without Joe putting something in. Um, so Joe, anyone who knows Joe and follows her on any of her social medias will know that uh, she's having a particular uh, personal problem with Warrior Hockey right now. Um, especially the the photo that she's posted up of the the well centered Warrior logo on her lovely new CHL jersey. Um, yeah, we're we're all right there with you. Although to be fair, Joe, I am sat here in my socky and I love it. Um, I know I did post some stuff on, was it Facebook over the weekend where I was in support and said some things against Warrior? I have to be honest, I was on a stag do and I was about 12 cans deep by that point. <laughs> um, but I love my socky. Um, we know that there's issues. We know that there's issues. Or, no, it's not so much issues. I think the sizing was all a bit different because we're so used to cookery now. Um, the... Uh, the quality and the finish maybe isn't just quite where it could be, which is interesting coming from a, a company like Warrior. Um, I don't know what what do you think, Dave? What do you think? The from what I gather from looking around and checking, um, and I was speaking to uh, We Dave, um, and at the games about the the jerseys, and what I think the difference is is I think, uh, Marty, you'll remember this. Do you remember when they used to do? rhino fan issue jerseys and they yes. were like see-through yep i think that the warrior does a fan issue jersey and not a player cup jersey made for fans which is what cookery does and i think it's really evident in the material that the quality not the quality but the weight drops significantly um because it doesn't need to be as heavy to take hits from pucks and things um the off-centered warrior thing with the label in the background is really annoying. And if I had that jersey, it would be doing my head. But I don't, so it doesn't. Um, <laughs> and 
<laughs> um, the, and I do see a lot of people with the sizing issues. Again, it was really difficult, especially when you're having to do this over the phone, never seeing the jerseys, um, and we didn't have the benefit of having a previous year, um, and we didn't get to see, obviously, an awful lot of the um, other teams wearing them. Um, but I think it all boils down to this sort of uh, fan issue jersey, a jersey that's not the same weight, not the same cut as a player jersey, and is produced only for the fans to wear. I think that's where the issues are coming. Yep, Marty. Any final thoughts? Yeah, I I, I kind of agree with both what you guys have said. I think the the overall quality, um, or not even the quality. I, I mean, for me, the, I I've I wore the socky jersey when as soon as I got it, went and got changed and put it on, and I actually really like it. I think it's really comfy, and I I really like it. But I would say that. Yeah, the sizing thing is probably one of the biggest things. And I think that was probably one of the biggest things I heard from all over the weekend was that the sizing maybe wasn't as maybe accurately portrayed as it was. And I know they sent out, remember, I think we even put it out, you know, we, there was kind of a bit of confusion around like, you know, was it centimeters? Was it this? Was it that? Yep. What are we doing here? And it wasn't very clear. And I think um, for people who are used to maybe a slightly baggier version when they buy a large from a cookery jersey that actually this time around when they were buying a large actually it probably feels more like a medium size or that kind of thing. So it was a bit of a different, there is a bit of a, a difference, I think, in the jersey. I think they're they're slightly smaller fitting. Um, and I think that's also maybe the same, I think, with the Sockies. I think they're maybe slightly um, smaller in size than what a standard size would normally be. But saying that, I really like it. Um, and I, I kind of, again, Joe, apologies. But yeah, I'm the same. I don't have a jersey, so I'm not really worried about that off-center <laughs> thing. And also, it's on your back. How are you going to see it? No, definitely. Right, guys. One that would be, last. If that was on your back, Marty. You would be scratching and. <laughs> <laughs> My OCD, you know that would kick in. You know it. It's going to be even worse. Imagine if somebody uh, buys a sits CHL jersey and sits in front of them. Oh my god, I will cry. <laughs> Joe, just come down and sit in row D. It'd be great. Um, guys, I've one last thing to bring up. It's not on the running order, and I've only just spotted it on Twitter. Uh, and I think we'll all um, sort of share this message here. Uh, this is the sad news that Ben Bounds' granny, Granny B, who was well known in the Cardiff Devils organisation, um, sadly passed away. Uh, this is news that's just uh, breaking here. Uh, we all make jokes um, about uh, sort of Ben and being in Cardiff and all the rest of it, but I think uh, all, all of our thoughts can be with Ben uh, having uh, suffered this uh, loss there uh, and it just being announced there just now. Yeah. Uh, so thoughts with you, Ben. Yep. Okay, I think that's us wrapped. Okay, um, if that's us, then that takes us to the end of our podcast. As usual, get involved, get in touch with us, um, all the usual social media channels, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Door14Hockey. Check out our previous episodes, uh, check out the videos and content that we've talked about in this episode at our website, door14hockey.com, where you can listen back to old episodes as well as getting content and stuff and everything else and all those good bits and pieces and all old blog vlogs written in the past um and get in touch as i say through our channels um okay uh we will be recording again in two weeks time in which uh pre our chl will have uh, already started to take place and also our regular season already maybe kick at that point too um guys if there's nothing else we'll put uh, an end to this week's episode nope nothing for me not for me okay and with that then we'll sign off i'm marty I do. I'm John. Have a good week. <laughs>